mistake is for man. Welcome to Arnie Geddon. I'm Cam Smith. And I'm Tony G. And we're here this time to take on a movie that may save our lives, Tony. That's right. We're taking on the Game Changers, and it is not recommended that you watch this movie after consuming one half of a medium Domino's pizza. And what else? And some chicken wings. And what else? Uh, some soda. And? Uh, what else did we have, Cam? We had some sort of other chicken concoction. Uh, that's right. Boneless nuggets. Uh, they were delicious with a ranch dip. Um, anyways, don't do that because... Just you'll, don't do that, period. Yeah, yeah. You'll feel much more horrible about yourself than you and, just would normally. And you, after eating something like that, I feel horrible about myself anyways. And then we go ahead and watch this film. And uh, how do you feel about it, Cam? Not good, Tony. Not good at all. Um, I feel really awful right now and that my life is soon to end. So let's hope we can make it through this podcast before one of us shuffles off the mortal coil. That's right. And if we don't, well, it's lentils tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. Or maybe the day after. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cam, maybe we're getting into it a little fast here. What is The Game Changers about and why are we doing it? Well, this is a documentary that Arnold Schwarzenegger produced along with James Cameron and some other people like Jackie Chan, Pamela Anderson, uh, James Cameron's wife, Susie Amos, and many, 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 many other producers. Literally dozens of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they produced this documentary called The Game Changers, and it's a look at basically the, the um, uh, plant-based protein versus animal protein and what makes more sense for the human diet. Now, Tony, I don't know if you remember the first time I brought this movie up to you. No, I don't, Cam, but it was probably after uh, another several slices of pizza, <laughs> given what our typical diet here is on, uh, on Arnie Geddon. That's right. We should just call it Pizza Geddon. <laughs> <laughs> Waistline Geddon. <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, I was coming up to some days off and didn't have much planned, so I was going through the listings of the local theaters kind of just scrolling down movies, seeing if anything was playing that interested me. I'd seen most of what was already, you know, all the big releases. But there was a few movies that show up on the listings that don't even have posters attached to them. And that's how I see a lot of the interesting independent films or documentaries that maybe don't have much of an advertising budget. That's right. It's all coming back to me now. Right. And so I just saw this movie called The Game Changers listed at one of my local theaters. No poster, no information next to it, really. So I clicked on it. And then it said, featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I texted you and said, uh, did you know there was an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in theaters at the moment? And you were as baffled as I was. That's right. We'd never heard of it. Of course, this movie is now seen some level of notoriety, we'll mm -hmm. call it. Uh, but at the time, we hadn't really heard about it. No. And basically, I think I found out it was playing on like a Monday or a Tuesday or something. And it was leaving on Thursday. So you and I didn't even get to go see it in theaters. That's right. We rushed out to see it, but by the time we got to the theater, 
It was a long cab ride. That's right. So we just went home and it watched... It was already gone. <laughs> we just went home and watched Wonders of the Sea 3D again. Yeah, in 2D. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's And that's actually interesting because um, this is, what, the third or arguably the fourth documentary... I would, we... I would say the third. <laughs> arguably the fifth because we've done, of course, Pumping Iron... We've done Wonders of the Sea 3D, which was narrated by Schwarzenegger. Right. This Game Changers movie. Uh, in a recent episode that we did cameos, uh, there was a documentary in there about Abraham Lincoln. Oh, good point. Yeah. In which Arnold Schwarzenegger mysteriously showed up uh, voicing over black and white photos of Abraham Lincoln's secretary. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, do you consider See Arnold Run to be a documentary? Or? No, that's a docudrama, because you've got actors, and uh, it's not really trying to uh, convey the actual truth. <laughs> it's sort of just stringing it together in a Wikipedia entry of a movie. I don't know what exactly that one was trying to convey, but it failed. <laughs> trying to convey a hallucination that I couldn't get out of. Uh, well, then it succeeded. That's right. It was a smashing success. So the Game Changers opened on September 16th, uh, 2019, quietly. <laughs> I don't know if anyone really knew about it. Very quietly. Very quietly. It played some film fests in 2018, which is why if you look it up on IMDb, it'll say 2018 movie. But it was actually a 2019 major release, especially in North America. Um, outside of that, I can't account for that. That's up for you guys to figure out. Um, for the year, it landed at number 282 with $740,000. Right between Joni 75, a birthday celebration, and David Crosby, remember my name. Now, was Joni 75 just literally a home movie of somebody's 75th birthday? I'm guessing Joni Mitchell? Oh, that's a good point. It's uh, probably a the, musical yeah. documentary or something like that. So, let's get to the top 10. Because we talked a little bit about the top grocers when we did Dark Fate. But now we have the finalized 2019 box office and we are never going to cover it again. So I figured, what better time than now, really, right? Well, you never know. Maybe there was another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie release that was even lower on this list that we haven't heard of. <laughs> well, that's also true. Maybe Journey to China was actually released in 2019, and we just couldn't find it. <laughs> Maybe. But so at number one, you had Avengers Endgame. And I want you to pay close attention to this top ten and see if you can notice a trend, okay? Okay. So number one, Endgame. Number two, The Lion King, the remake, which was horrible. Number three, Toy Story 4. Number four, Frozen 2. Number five, Captain Marvel. Number six, Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. Number seven, Spider-Man Far From Home, which is a movie I quite appreciate. Number eight, Aladdin. Number nine, Joker. And number ten, It, Chapter 2. So basically 2019 was a good year to have some money invested in Disney. Yeah, no kidding. This is the sign of the apocalypse that's headed towards Cineplexes. I mean, Disney is taking over in a big way. Did Disney own It? No, they don't own It or Joker. But they had a financial stake in uh, even Spider-Man Far From Home, which was a Sony production, so... Right. Well, it goes to show you, I mean, it's not like I, I dislike any of the movies on that list. Although I didn't see It. It's a little too scary for me. Lion King is really bad. Yeah, I haven't seen, I actually haven't seen those live action Disney remakes except for uh, Beauty and the Beast, which was released a couple of years ago. Sure. Which I didn't mind. Yeah. But there's not a lot of like Gone with the Winds on there, is there? No, not really. Not really. Um, Notable at number uh, 45 on the 2019 Terminator Dark Fate. That was its final spot. $62 million. 
that's too bad because I, I think it deserved a little bit better than that. I think it got um, a little bit sandbagged on the online ratings. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. It actually got okay reviews. It was kind of middle of the road. It got okay reviews, but there was a lot of people tanking it, people who don't like female leads and that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's a definitely uh, was a, a lightning rod for people over that movie. Yeah. A uh, really silly lightning rod. But anyways, um, I thought, you know, ultimately when we look at this top 10, what does it really say about Game Changers? Not much, because Game Changers is a smaller budget documentary that played mostly in art house theaters. So I looked up the top 10 documentaries of 2019. Joni 75? <laughs> Joni 75 did not make the top 10. So at number one, uh, we had They Shall Not Grow Old, which was Peter Jackson's World War I documentary, where they, he they went... He colorized. Yeah, colorized yeah, the right. footage. I saw this movie in theaters. It was absolutely amazing. And it was in 3D, of course, too, which was... It was the, the first time, like, really, that World War One footage really felt like it came alive. Mm -hmm. And it made $12 million, which is pretty good for a, a limited-run um, documentary. Um, number two, Apollo 11. Did you hear about this one? No, I didn't. This was actually a great documentary as well, which it just goes through, through a lot of, um, archival footage and photography, the launch of Apollo 11. Really great documentary. Number three, Penguins, which falls into that Disney Earth, uh, Earth Day I saw. Thing. I actually saw a little bit of that. I, I just love movies about penguins. Was it as good as March of the Penguins? Um, it was not. Okay. Um, but it was better than Happy Feet. Right. Uh, a George Miller production. Right. Uh, number four, Free Solo, which was that uh, free climbing documentary that won the Oscar and really got a bit of a box office run at the start of the year. Not the Star Wars spinoff. No, no. <laughs> Probably better remembered now than Solo. But Free Solo is actually interesting because the climber who's at the center of that documentary does pop up in the Game Changers in one shot. That's right. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, number five, Bring the Soul, the movie. Uh, I'm afraid I missed that one. Number six, Pavarotti, which was a documentary I think Ron Howard did. Uh, number seven, Amazing Grace. Number eight, The Biggest Little Farm. Number nine, Linda Ronstad, The Sound of My Voice. You remember Linda Ronstad? Uh, yeah, I remember Linda Ronstad. Yeah. I don't remember The Sound of My Voice. See, I think I'd be curious to know where are these movies falling on your top 500 or wherever we are with the Game Changers because... A long ways down. Uh, I literally have not heard of sure. most of these movies. And lastly, number 10, Echo in the Canyon. Um, Game Changers fell at number 19. Okay. So you can see that, you know, when number one of the documentaries made $12 million, documentaries are definitely a niche interest for moviegoers, especially at this point. That said, I think they do really amazing business on Netflix and streaming services now where yeah. people want to watch documentaries. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd, I'd bet that... Uh... Well, it may not have made the money at the box office that the Game Changers probably, or possibly anyways, has been seen by more people than any of those movies on that list, except for maybe those in the top three or four. Sure, yeah, and it's been interesting the last little while, people at work. Um, and typically I find the people who I work with will come up and ask me, hey, have you seen Avengers Endgame? Have you seen, you know, the latest DC movie or the latest Star Wars movie? They don't ask about specialty stuff. You know, the movie Parasite, for example, has not been on the tip of their tongues. And by work, you mean uh, Arnie Gettin. That's right. <laughs> you. <laughs> but people have mentioned this documentary to me. Uh, more than a couple people have asked about, they just call it the protein documentary on Netflix, but this is the one they're talking about. So have I. I've actually had a number of friends who are... Um, maybe marginally more athletic or into high performance athletics than I am. Sure. Um, just marginally. Uh, and uh, I've really enjoyed actually 
talking about this film and talking about plant-based diets generally with them because boy uh have i had some friends that have gone on some pretty serious rants on one side or the other oh really that's right it's it's a very polarizing idea about uh what this movie's about which is whether or not especially at uh high performance levels a plant-based diet is as good or better than a meat-based diet or an animal product-based diet. Sure. And where do you come down on the on the equation before you watch this documentary? <laughs> before I watched this documentary, I was totally convinced that, you know, a, a moderate amount of animal-based protein in your diet was a good thing. Yeah. I tend to think like the balanced meal is probably best. I'm actually pretty bad about eating any dairy, so or maybe I'm good, I don't know. Whatever. I don't eat a lot of dairy is what I'm saying. Um, but other than that, like I tend to be fairly balanced in everything, I think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe someone would look at my diet and say, like, that's no good at all. But I try. It's what I'm trying to say. I try. What I will say is when we get together every week or two weeks to record Arnie Geddon, uh, that is regularly the worst meal I have in that month. <laughs> the people at Domino's know our name at this point. <laughs> well, and we know theirs. <laughs> yeah. Web hosting for Arnie Geddon is brought to you by Domino's Pizza. That's right. <laughs> so this movie was directed by Oscar-winning uh, documentarian Luis Sahoyas. Um, and he directed the documentary The Cove. I don't know if you recall that one. Yeah, that w you know, there's another one that... Um, it'll turn you off sashimi anyways. Yeah, this is one about the Japanese location, this cove, the titular cove, where they butcher dolphins every, uh, you know, whatever season to feed basically the public and the documentary is about exposing how dangerous dolphin meat is to people yeah not to mention how savage that whole industry is yeah and he also directed the documentary racing extinction which i haven't seen but i've heard is good um and uh this movie was also a uh, nominee for the audience award actually here in uh in uh, canada at the hot docs canadian international documentary festival so there you have it we recognize this movie no one else really did, but, you know, Canada did. But, yeah, I can see that this documentary definitely has become controversial. Uh, apparently, Joe Rogan uh, tried to break down the inaccuracies of this documentary a on lot, his podcast. A lot of people have. Um, I mean, doing a little bit of research before we watched this movie, I was reading some articles on a lot of, I don't know if I'd call them um, medical sites, but, you know, pseudo-medical internet sites that purport to give you along with new workout routines also some recipes for you know roast chicken or whatever uh so like you know men's health and healthline sure. uh i found what i found a really interesting article on beefmagazine.com which <laughs> needless to say was not a proponent of this film you were looking at like the recipe section of john wayne magazine <laughs> i was just i was just impressed that there was a magazine called beef and, like, I wonder if they have it in print format. Like, is somebody getting Beef magazine bi-monthly uh, d delivered to their house? I got a question for you. Has anyone ever gone to the newsstand and been like, where's the beef? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I think I'm done, folks. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. <laughs> but anyways, um, so... You've just watched this documentary. We'll get into kind of the uh, the breakdown of what actually happens in the documentary. But just from where you're sitting now, what was your take on this movie? Did you enjoy it? Did it seem persuasive or convincing? Yeah, I got more and more depressed the longer I sat there watching this movie. 
they obviously they canvass a lot of different high performance athletes. Uh, I started thinking to myself, well, you know, it's not a big deal. I'm not an Olympic level cyclist or marathon runner. Or, not yet. Not, <laughs> not, with, not, not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. That's right. Uh, or weightlifter. And um, so I don't need to worry about that this that much. And then they just started getting into, uh, you know, close-ups of arteries. They started getting into uh, uh, testing of certain organs, and which we'll get into a bit later. And I started thinking to myself, oh boy, uh, right. you know, might might be time to uh, fire up the old broccoli. <laughs> I like that you seem to know so little about broccoli that you have to fire it up. <laughs> yeah, just turn on the broccoli. <laughs> So, did you find this movie engaging? Like, did it actually entertain you? It, I, well, it did. I mean, the, the people who are in this movie, the uh, the athletes that they're interviewing, are phenomenal. They're just they're interesting people, right? Right, and they don't linger too long on any one of them. So it's just basically, in a lot of ways, going from interesting person to interesting person. Uh, you know, who are all doing similar things, high high performance athletics, but in a whole variety of different areas and they all have interesting things to say and what i will say and we've talked about this on on this podcast before is it comes in at a tight 84 minutes yeah which makes a big difference i don't know if this movie had been another 45 minutes long if i if i'd be saying the same thing okay that's interesting how about, yeah. you, how about you yeah i really did enjoy this documentary and i'm not gonna lie this was not high on the list of movies I was looking forward to reviewing on this podcast. <laughs> you know, you look at one like C. Arnold Run and I go, well, it looks like garbage, but it looks like we may laugh at it a lot. Whereas this one just seemed like, well, this is going to be serious viewing that, you know, is telling me about a lot of things that don't necessarily interest me that much. You know, high performance athletics and plant-based proteins. <laughs> now, when we started Arnie Geddon, we were thinking more Predator than protein documentaries. Right. <laughs> with Domino's pizza on the side. I'm actually only in it for the Domino's pizza. That's right. You know, we, we could be doing a podcast on Royal Dalton figurines, <laughs> and as long as there is Domino's pizza, I'd still be here. Thank you, Domino's, for the web hosting. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I found this movie genuinely entertaining and also very informative. And like you, I got more and more crushingly depressed as it went along. Where, I, again, you know, off the top, I'm like, this does not apply to me. I don't plan on running the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> in 41 days or whatever that yeah, guy did. Yeah, like, it. not my concern. I'm not too concerned right now at the age of 39 about my football career. You yeah. know, things like that. Or being the world's strongest man. Yeah, well, it would be nice. It's been a long time since I really needed to flip over a car. Well, exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, go to the Olympics. But... I, as this yeah, as this documentary kept going, it became more and more relevant just to the larger world. Um, so I think it does a good job in that regard, and that you know it presents all its kind of big personalities up front to kind of pull you in, and then hits you with the real tough medicine <laughs> as you get maybe halfway through. But I found it genuinely engaging. I thought it was well put together. I mean, this documentarian he did the Cove, which was also very very watchable, even if it was horribly depressing. Um, but again, it was it definitely swept you along in its storytelling. I thought this one did too. I think maybe for me, the only, there's some other things I want to get into when we get into sort of the finer details, but I thought the uh, narrator of the documentary, James Wilkes, who 
has a lot of surface level um, sort of elements of interest in this. You know, he trains like soldiers and all these people for like military style combat. He, he was a UFC fighter on that Ultimate Fighter show. Yeah, not a big personality though. Not the most I felt charismatic of narrators. Really, I was kind of hooked by him in in the early minutes of this documentary, uh, where they kind of introduce him training these soldiers and yeah. just doing um, like action movie like takedowns and taking guns out of people's hands at extremely fast speeds. Oh, that I enjoyed. And I was like, oh man, this maybe this movie isn't just going to be about uh, CG uh, blood platelets and that kind of thing. Maybe it's going to be about this guy taking guns away from soldiers for the next uh, hour and a half. But, right. Um, I actually, I actually was kind of hooked by the guy. Okay, I found him totally functional. Like, it was not a, a poor narrator by any stretch. Not like, say, Wonders of the Sea 3D, which had 17 narrators competing for, like, each line of terrible dialogue. But, I mean, this one I just thought was functional more than really stood out as, like, a great narrator and sort of center point of the documentary. But totally worked. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, but it worked more for you. Well, it did to an extent. There were a few things that, uh, and especially having read some of the controversy around this film from people who are not proponents of plant-based diets regarding the quality of the research, um, where they're kind of filming James Wilkes, basically just like typing things into Google and having the words autocomplete, like typing in plant, baz, and it becomes plant-based <laughs> diet. <laughs> And the whole hook where he says, like, I came across a, cr a cross study of Roman gladiators. And it's just basically a picture of, uh, like, a website on yeah. Roman gladiators. I don't know. Geocities. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how much research was actually being done there. He was searching out on Hotbot. <laughs> yeah. And he says, oh, they were called Horderi or something like that. Yeah. Uh, which means bean and barley munchers. And that's when I realized that the gladiators were all veg, um, or I should say, on a plant-based diet. Uh, that's one thing about this movie is they really uh, do their best to not mention vegetarianism or veganism throughout. Right. right. Uh, they're very conscious of using the phrase plant-based diet or plant-based uh, throughout the entire film. You could make a drinking game out of how many times James Wilkes says plant-based diet and uh, you'd be dead in about four minutes. <laughs> Yeah, especially if what you were drinking was, you know, meat juice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, uh, you know, I did notice that for sure. He never really said vegetarianism or anything like that. But that hook didn't really get me. I was like, okay, sure, the gladiators were vegetarian. Like, that's not going to convince me to put down the drumstick. You know what I mean? I had some doubts, too, about how he stumbled across this. You know, well, he's recovering from an injury, which is how he went down this path from like ripping out the ligaments of his knees or something like that in in a sparring session. Do you believe that he was doing research on the gladiators? Well, based on the autocomplete close-ups <laughs> yeah. of the Google search bar he was doing, you yeah. know, he's typing "glad" and it's like "glad plugins," uh, "gladiolus," <laughs> garbage gl bags, gladiators, yeah. space, ate a lot of plants. Um, you know, I'd believe that, but, you know, he's kind of doing research in the same way that I tend to do research, which is, uh, you know, not actually do research, just Google a lot of things and, and hope for the best. Right. You know, before we started uh, watching the movie, we were like Googling the uh, title bouts of the Marvel versus DC comic book series, which is not going to lead us down a path of self-discovery and enriching the world with knowledge. No, and uh, what I'll say on that is we didn't even look at the secondary sources. We just looked at the Wikipedia page. It's like, 
hey, what do you know? Superman beat Hulk. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you see him going down this journey, and, I mean, we do get a specialist, I guess, in gladiators saying it's possible because of the bone fragments they pulled up from the ground. That felt like a bit of a jump, where I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, sure, and even if they were, that's that's fine. I'm sure there was a number of reasons why gladiators might be eating or not eating plants. I mean, how long did gladiators live? Probably not that long in those days. Maybe we should watch Gladiator for our next episode. <laughs> Maybe we should. To do a fifth documentary. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but it does move on pretty quickly from there. And I thought they did a pretty good job establishing him as uh, uh, an MMA fighter. Or at least an MMA fighter to the extent that somebody who's on this Ultimate Fighter show is. Um, right. I mean, I mean he, he did fight a real... Uh, UFC fight. Yeah, in the welterweight uh, division. Yeah, yeah. And, and he won, so he won the, the championship on that. So I'm sure he's no slouch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they jump from there to probably the most uh, recognizable UFC fighter in the world, which is Conor McGregor and his fight with uh, Nate Diaz. And McGregor being uh, a big meat eater talks a lot about eating steaks a lot of these guys do it's a lot of like chicken and uh, steaks yeah yeah and and then uh nate diaz who's a uh he's on a plant-based diet and had been kind of called into this mcgregor fight 10 or 11 days before the actual fight after mcgregor's original opponent uh backed out and then they kind of hook you i mean they have footage of the actual ufc fight which is pretty a pretty serious deal at that level like those guys yep. aren't messing around and also before that you see them on the press rounds and uh conor mcgregor's like ridiculing diaz's diet and everything the way conor mcgregor is want to do sure i mean i'll take your word for it i he, don't really follow these things uh, i i don't really that much either but he's he's a, a hell of a self-promoter okay and you know you get to see a bit of an example there really a prime example of two guys who are eating these two different types of diets go up against each other in a head-to-head combat, and, uh, you know, the guy on the plant-based one walked out victorious. That's right, with the championship. And Uh, basically what this documentary is trying to say is that this plant-based protein diet gives you far more energy and far more stamina and the ability to go harder and faster at your athletic pursuits than people on animal uh, protein-based diets. And maybe this example, the McGregor-Diaz example that they use kind of sets the stage for how this movie is going to go about promoting that plant-based diet and that is generally by taking high performance athletes and using their performance as anecdotal evidence for the effectiveness of this plant-based diet and i'm not taking away from the science here they definitely flash a lot of um journalish looking articles that seem to have phds yeah on them across the screen at a lightning pace, but you never really get a chance to read them. You're kind of relying a lot on the anecdotes of high-level athletes and a lot of, like, CG blood cells. And also a lot of graphics that throw up something that says, like, 85%, where I'm like, well, that's high. (laughs) And then they're like, 17%. I'm like, that's low. (laughs) It really speaks to the uh, uneducated viewer like myself. I know we're already into it a little bit here, but uh, I should probably pause i mean we'll we'll give our standard warning here we are going to spoil the movie to the extent you can spoil a documentary like this um but it is worth watching so if you haven't seen it 
you should go stream it or download it or however you want to watch it and then come back to us and give it a listen. It's on Netflix, people. And But from here, right around the same time, and for the purposes of Arnie Geddon, I don't want to get too sucked into the world of protein. <laughs> but, not again. Not again. I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> twice was enough. Um, but uh, we get our first view of Arnold Schwarzenegger in this, in a, in a clip from... Escape, Escape plan. plan. Yeah, yeah, where we get to see him tussling with uh, Stallone and Arnold says to Sly, you hit like a vegetarian. Which, as far as I remember, was one of the better lines in that movie. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, but not, I, not that I have anything against Escape Plan. No, it was, it was a good movie. Fun movie. Good yeah. movie. But uh, not a lot of quotable lines in Escape Plan. But um, yeah, like, uh, you know, it's fun to see Arnie being teased throughout this. And they, I would say, had limited footage of Arnold. That they, you know, dole out liberally over the course of the movie. <laughs> I think that's the best way to say it. Yeah, you kind of get the impression that Arnold's agent was like, uh, for the purpose of this movie, it's like, okay, you have 1020 to 1045. Yes. Uh, make it count. Yes, exactly. Uh, because they don't really um, feature him as prominently as some of the other athletes in this documentary. I would have liked to have actually heard Arnold talk more because he had the heart attack around 1997 or something. Or maybe it was not a heart attack, but sorry, he had heart surgery, I should That's say. That's right, yeah. Yeah, around like 96 or something or 97. And I would have liked to have heard him talk about maybe how, I don't know, like a change in diet had helped him post-heart surgery. Well, it's interesting because it, it wasn't in this movie, but I have watched... Uh, other more recent uh, interviews with Arnold Schwarzenegger where they're going through his current workout routine and going through his house to, you know, it's one of those like, let's see what it's like inside Arnold Schwarzenegger's kitchen right. that kind of thing. And they do get into it a little bit where he talks about how his workouts are a little bit less intense. He doesn't lift too heavy mm -hmm. um, because of his heart issues. And he, he, he actually talks a little bit about, um, how he's not going vegan and he actually pokes a little bit of fun about oh look there's some eggs in my fridge now i'm going to get a lot of angry letters and that kind of thing right yeah, yeah yeah so um they are out there so if you are interested in seeing what arnold has to say about his heart surgery or about his diet now um it's really not hard to find right he also likes to feed animals at his table it seems a lot he puts up a lot of photos of that online <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to that that's a whole other story <laughs> but um yeah like what were some of the personalities that popped for you in the first half because he is focusing on several athletes were there any that jumped out to you as really interesting or their stories were compelling i mean he, the movie really focuses on i think three in particular one is scott jurek he's the ultra marathon runner who's trying to set the record for running the appalachian trail which is like a 2200 mile trail he's trying to do it in i think 40 days or 41 days basically something yeah two marathons a day uh yes. for a month and a half yeah you run like what was it like 12 hours a day or something like that yes yeah, so i think even longer he was saying 26 hours in some cases um <laughs> the other one was uh i think it's dotsie bausch who's a cyclist for the american olympic team and then Probably the most interesting one to me was um, Patrick Badumian, who's uh, one of the world's strongest men. I think the strongest man, at least at the end of this documentary. Yeah, or at least he broke the uh, Guinness World Record for carrying, I think he carried 1,220 pounds. Something insane. Over 30 or 40 feet, just, you know, um, I, I typically max out at about 1,100. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I thought actually that Patrick uh, Baboumian was the most um, charismatic of those three, I thought. Like, he had a lot of personality. He looks like a jacked up Wolverine. And both the comic book character and the animal. <laughs> like, the mutton chops are bang on Wolverine. But he just has that, like, tough, like, compact, almost, like, fearsome uh, exterior. But you see he's actually just, like, a kind of really fun, lovable guy. Yeah, he had an interesting story, too. He, I mean, he tells a story in the movie about how the reason he got into strength training was because his... Um, family died in a car crash when he was quite young mm -hmm. and that he had dreams of being strong enough to to rescue them he said only his mother survived and his sister and, and father died right um i thought he also had some of the best lines in the movie too where he's where he said you know people ask me uh well how are you strong as an ox without eating meat and he says have you ever seen an ox eating meat right yeah yeah and all three of these people have plant-based diets and believe me, could run circles or lift circles or whatever, perform circles around any other mortal human. I do have a little bit of questions, though, about especially some of the, like, weightlifters we see in this documentary. Um, there has to be other supplements involved, right? Um, by supplements, you mean... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Right. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on the training regime of... I think if you look at almost any weightlifter, though, like high-performance weightlifter nowadays, they're taking something, like legal substances. I'm not talking about, like, illegal stuff. Like, there's a lot of side things that go into that profession at this point. Oh, of, of course. I mean, if, if a trip down to the uh, supplement store is any indication, they're probably taking, uh, like, Hydro Mutant Max powder or something like that. Yeah, which I think the documentary tries to sell you that they get all of their, you know, might from this plant-based diet, whereas there might be some other things too. Well, you never know. I mean, maybe they, maybe they just get this way eating quinoa and avocados. I have my doubts. What, what I was going to say too, though, about, uh, before we move on from about Patrick uh, Baboumi and the, uh, the strongman, his, his highlights, because that's one of the things this movie does, is it'll show um, highlights of these athletes in action, at the peak of action, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's the hook, right? Because... Right. The, the hook of this documentary is the reason these people are like this is because of their diet. Right. And uh, he definitely has, I think, the most dramatic highlight reel. Like it's got a... Oh, yeah. It's got a really awesome scene of him uh, like gorilla pressing uh, an 80 kilogram, which is... What's that? About 170, 180 pound weight? Sure. About, like yeah. above his head with one arm yeah. and then smashing it through... A wood palette and that just translates on film i think a lot better than like a guy at, in like day 26 just like shambling across a mountain <laughs> <laughs> no very true as best he can very true i just looked at that and i'm like that weighs more than i do and good lord what that man could do to me <laughs> he could pulverize me <laughs> <laughs> like literally yeah literally <laughs> and so yeah i found his story really compelling and fun as well um, I will point out the one thing I thought was kind of interesting and in that, that you said it focuses on uh, Dotsi uh, Bausch a fair amount, but this movie really does focus more on the male side of athletics. 
Because there's even elements later on going into male anatomy and testosterone and all this sort of stuff. It doesn't really focus very much on the impacts on women. That's a good point, actually. And I hadn't really thought about that. But now that you mention it, really, uh, Dotsy Bauschi's, I think, maybe the only... There's an Australian woman who's a, a who's runner. Who's a sprinter, yeah. Yeah, a sprinter, yeah. Um, or a medium distance. I guess she's the 400 meter. Sure. Um, but, yeah, but now that you mention it, I, I guess they are the only... Uh, women who are really the focus of this movie and they don't really give a lot of information on how it affects their biology what I, what i just want to say though and what really struck me is when they were doing dotsy bausch's segment is it shows her kind of racing around these velodromes mm-hmm. uh practicing uh but all of the american olympians or american national team members are always wearing stars and stripes unitards and I, well you uh, and i are wearing them right now <laughs> that's right uh i've got and this just i mean we're we've mentioned it before here we're up in canada we don't really get it you know every winter olympics we seem to do okay uh you know we we win something in hockey and mm-hmm. you know maybe have a downhill skier or snowboarder or something like that yeah but you know the americans are, are always just dominating all of the olympics and I think I understand now why. It's because <laughs> our athletes tend to be, you know, students who are getting up early in the morning and trying to excel. Whereas American athletes are literally living in a giant compound surrounded <laughs> by doctors with like tubes going into their arms <laughs> and wearing American flag apparel all it's, the time. It's so funny. You remember in uh, Rocky Four, they have the big montage comparing like... Uh, Rocky training, you know, in the elements versus like um, Ivan Drago, who has all the wires hooked up to him and everything like that. Yes. I think that the Americans have caught up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. It's Um, the Canadians now that are in the wilderness lifting logs. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So we have our hearts are on fire. (laughs) Anyways, it was it was it was a little bit of insight into just how seriously Americans take the Olympic Games. Big time. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I want to talk a little bit, though, about, like, the uh, health elements. I thought there was some really interesting stuff here, like, where they had the three members of the Miami Dolphins, I think, um, all eating different uh, types of burritos and then doing uh, measuring of their blood to show how, uh, you know, how, like, clear their blood was after these diets. And, you know, the one eating the bean burrito definitely came out the healthiest. Now, I'm no science titian. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't really know what exactly amounts to a double blind study and good research data, but I'm pretty sure like three guys eating burritos over two days does not amount to like worthwhile research data. Well, Tony, as a scientist, <laughs> I'll have you know, it ain't bad. It's very persuasive on a documentary, which I guess is all that matters. I mean, it looks good. You get to yeah. see the... They put the blood in a centrifuge and you get to see the plasma and the and the red blood cells separate from each other. And lo and behold, the people who eat beef or chicken have cloudy plasma. Yeah. And the people who eat beans have clear plasma. Right. As far as what that means for health, they throw out a lot of numbers about inflammation and about antioxidants. Yeah. Uh, 70% here, 64% there, 22%. Over there, 19% more lifting, etc., etc., etc. But none of that really amounts to decent science on the issue. They pretty much have, the, you know, an NFL doctor and, like I said, three guys eating Mexican lunch. Right. Uh, and 
you know, it, it's it's effective on screen. I can see where the criticism that people have about the the validity of this as a scientific basis. Right. And I think the problem is for this sort of um this sort of documentary to actually give hard science, you have to have people on these plant-based diets longer and being studied longer whereas this seems to be more of a new concept, so they don't have these long-term studies to really draw on. Right, and it's going back to what we were talking about before, which is this documentary relies more on the anecdotal side of things mm -hmm. than the scientific side of things. Where they do rely on science, it tends to be for the purposes of more baffling or overwhelming us. Right. Uh, using scientific words like hema iron and <laughs> phytoestrogen all of which i'm sure if you did well in grade 11 chemistry which i didn't right uh you'd probably understand but and usually while they're talking about this they're throwing those kind of what i call health bubbles right you know when you're you watch like a, a late night television ad for skin cream or something like that and there's blue health bubbles going to one side of a membrane and red health bubbles going to the other side of a membrane. Right. There's a lot of lot of that kind of thing uh, with the titles of scientific articles flashing across the screen, but not really getting into them. But I will say, when you watch this documentary, you too will be very concerned about your endothelium intake. <laughs> <laughs> or levels, I should say. <laughs> See, I thought endothelium was a part of the... Anyways. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> I think we're revealing our ignorance... And sure. unhealthiness right. in spades here. Yeah, so uh, what other elements of the documentary kind of stood out for you? One that uh, jumped out to me was the firefighters, the New York firefighters, who did a change in their diet over a course of a week and then were measured for like uh, cholesterol and elements like that. I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and that added a little bit of a human element to it. So the first half of the movie is really dedicated to... Um, athletes and those I think are the the most interesting parts like seeing uh, they have one guy the James Wilkes's uh, training partner mm -hmm. a guy called Lucius Smith who's 60 years old and is just totally ripped yeah just way stronger than uh, most people one-third of his age sure yeah and then they yeah they transition I guess more to the common man type story lifestyle yeah and it's interesting that the pivot point there is we get to finally see uh, Schwarzenegger, isn't it? Yeah, that's actually very true. But what did you think of the fireman section? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was nice to see them applying these principles to normal people. But one plant that this movie has in spades is cherries. Because they cherry-picked some of their subjects. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, the two people that they really focus on, two of the firemen, uh, are, I'm almost certain, the people who had the biggest changes and who had the biggest health concerns to begin with. Right, that's a good point, yeah. Right, so the, these guys, after a week of eating a plant-based diet, had their cholesterol drop from like 200 and... It was like 100 points. It 60 dropped. to like 160. Yeah. Right, so huge. And, and same thing, heart rate dropped. And then they at the end of that, they did briefly read over like what the average was, and it was still impressive, but they were like, the average cholesterol drop was 21 points. Right. Right, so you think of it a room like that... And you've got, you know, maybe four or five people having these big wild swings mm -hmm. uh, who were maybe already elevated. Like maybe these were the guys who were eating uh, cheese smokies uh, three times a day. Yeah. And, and then they're going to, uh, you know, oatmeal and kale. Yeah. 
so I don't know. I would have actually liked to have seen a, a little bit more of the less extreme examples, both in terms of athletics and in terms of the uh, common firefighters. Sure. Yeah. But let's, you know, now as you brought him up, Arnold does pop back up here where we get to see him in his office, cued to the Terminator score. Yeah. And what an intro, eh? Oh, it's amazing. He gets the best intro of anyone in the movie. Yeah. The camera pans through... Uh, his hallway, which is just lined with all of his movie posters. Yep. And, and memorabilia, and, yeah. Yeah, and memorabilia, statues of himself. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to him in his office, the most striking feature of which is a giant stuffed alligator, which takes up <laughs> over half of the frame. Why is this alligator here? Or, or maybe I should be asking, why does he have a life-size stuffed alligator? And why did they choose to do this interview right next to this giant alligator? It's very strange. Especially when you have a guy later on talking about the evils of like hunting animals in the wild. <laughs> very weird. Uh, you know, it, There's some shots of him wearing uh, a t-shirt that says, Come with me if you want to lift. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. His role is more talking about the marketing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he does talk a little bit about his life experience where he ate a lot of meat in his you know pumping iron days and then shifted over to more of a plant-based diet uh not 100 percent, but more so and yeah he talks about how they really do market like the eating of meat that's right the eat like a man campaign. right and and that was actually a pretty effective part of the movie i thought uh, i always find focusing on advertising lines and they do this a little later in the movie when when they're dealing with the cigarette comparison mm -hmm. to the meat industry as well uh really highlights just how poisonous and toxic and in hindsight uh ludicrous uh early marketing campaigns can be marketing now even yeah of course yeah yeah um yeah it's pretty crazy when they really go into the marketing and how you know the uh, farming industry the meat industry is a massive massive profit uh, earner for i mean across north america and beyond and why it's uh very important to a lot of people that people continue to consume meat yeah and that we shouldn't believe it and then smash cut to probably the biggest sidelong glances that cam you and i were giving each other in this movie yeah. is dr spitz <laughs> the penis expert <laughs> he literally wrote the book on penises yeah and and his part in the movie, and it's a significant part, is to talk about the... It's a very significant part. It, it is a lengthy part, is to talk about it's the... It's a lengthy part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, I knew we were going to have trouble here. Yes. Yeah, the, and the three the three football players, I guess, I mean, they were laughing their asses off yeah. in in this part as well. They, they were asked to do this experiment where Dr. Spitz gave them... Uh, an attachment that would measure the number and the size of their erections while they sleep. Right. Um, and, you know, cut to these football players tossing and turning in a night vision camera with uh, pixelation over their presumably active nether regions. I love that they all sleep in just boxers laying on their back with no covers. <laughs> it's very strange. I mean, I, who does that? I don't know. I got a lot of questions about this section. Yeah. Which section? 
That's a little below the belt, Cap. Right. Yeah, so what do you have questions about there, Tony? Because we find out that these guys, after, you know, a short term of eating plant-based protein, <laughs> went from basically a, uh, like a two... Like, like, not just, like, a one-day difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went from, like, you know, being, you know, a two at, at night to being, like, a 20. <laughs> That's right. So, these guys are seeing, like, 400% increases yeah. in the frequency of their erections. And I, I will say, it was pretty effective. Because this is the part in the movie where I started thinking, like, man, next time I sit down in front of a hamburger, this is all I'm going to think about. Yeah. And, I mean, to be fair to Dr. Spitz... He acknowledges that this study is not scientific. <laughs> but it's pretty interesting. It's definitely interesting. <laughs> I would like to see a scientific study on this. Well, maybe that's Dr. Spitz's next book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see what he wrote. They say the penis mightier. Sure. <laughs> Especially on a plant-based diet. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this section... I mean, it definitely gets you good comedic value. Like, the players are, like, dying of laughter throughout. And, you know, even good old Dr. Spitz seems in on the joke. He's kind of laughing a bit, too. You know, he, you can tell he definitely understands the humor of the situation. Um, but it's definitely a little curious in the sense that, like, even the doctor on screen is telling you this isn't a medical study. <laughs> so you're like, okay, well, I mean, I, I guess I'll take someone's word for this. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just... It seems like the documentary came up with this idea and was like, this is too rich to not put into this documentary. Yeah, well, it's interesting because that's actually one thing that I'd, I'd made a note of here is the first... And we're still kind of in the transition phase where they're these guys are all professional football players. and they ha So they haven't quite moved on from these professional athletes yet. Mm -hmm. But really, I mean, the size and frequency of the number of erections you have it shouldn't really matter whether you're an nfl player or an ordinary joe off the street so that's what you'd like to think yeah i mean i'd like to see dr spitz use that machine on those firemen and see if he gets the same results <laughs> or arnold yeah oh that, the that, machine that... would explode <laughs> so uh, were there any other sections like later in the movie that jumped out to you because a lot of it goes into the environment yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, is is the rest of the movie at this point is kind of tacked on a little bit, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. they're focusing on the impact that a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet uh, or just plant-based diet, we'll stick with the term they use in the movie, can have on the human body. And then they just kind of tack all this other stuff on about the, you know, the impact that this, that eating meat has on the environment, the destruction of farmland, the land use, uh, water use, all of which is important and I think should probably be a consideration that we have when we're determining what to eat and what not eat. Mm -hmm. But it's not really the focus of this movie and so it kind of feels like the, like a little bit extra without really being the hook, you know what I mean? Although didn't Wonders of the Sea 3D do the same thing? I don't think Wonders of the Sea 3D can be held up as a good example of a narrative documentary. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, didn't it also have like this kind of tacked on environmental sort of side plot that kind of came out of nowhere as well? Well, the plot was ongoing throughout the movie in <laughs> Wonders true. of the Sea 3D. It was just very ineffective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as it, a narrative, yeah. Yeah. And I think unlike a food documentary, mm -hmm. uh, a nature documentary just 
by virtue of being a nature documentary has a has a message I right. think ingrained in there that this is something that's worth preserving. Sure. Um one element of this movie though that didn't quite work for me was there's a football player who's trying this plant-based diet. He's shifting over for his own uh, recovery from an injury. And he's saying, you know what? Like, it actually works out really well. And this man's wife is a professional chef who's making the most amazing-looking food porn of vegetarian dishes. That's right. We kind of switched to, like, food network close-ups. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, the documentary becomes your average Instagram feed. Sure. And I'm looking at what this woman is, you know, preparing for her husband and for her, his, like, football playing friends and i'm like this food looks incredible this woman is a professional chef what about us mere peons sitting in our kitchen alone trying to figure this stuff out like i really love the wide angle shot of this guy Derek morgan uh and all of his football teammates sitting in front of his outdoor pool in, in a mansion eating a feast yeah prepared by a professional chef and i know what you're saying because i know what happens when I prepare meals at home for myself is mm -hmm. I generally cook a lot of something. Right. And then, you know, maybe reheat it. Sure. Throughout the week. Yep. Uh, make sure I have some leftovers so I have enough for lunch. Yep. And if I'm doing a vegetarian meal, I'm sure it's going to be like split pea soup or something sure. like that, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be... Whatever this was. Yeah, there's a lot of close-ups of, like, spiralized beats. Right. That sort of thing. My favorite part was the bit at the end where it's like the Titans had a like amazing football season, I guess, thanks to this woman's cooking. That's what she says. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, very vague. You're like, I don't really know what to make of this. Yeah, and I think that's also one of the things that, going back to my comments on Dotsie Bausch and, the, and her training regimen and all of these people... The, the guy who's running the Appalachian Trail and the Ultra Marathon uh, for 41 days. Although I got to believe that that's probably a little bit less of a lucrative sport than, sure. than some other things. But, I mean, these are all people who have the means and the ability, the time and the money to make this diet work. And exciting. And exciting, right? And, and to make it tasty. You and I would just be sucking down beets all the time. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing against beets. They they do allegedly make you cycle 22% farther, according to this documentary. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, that's the thing about this uh, diet is like, this is an entertaining documentary. I think it's really interesting and, you know, pardon the pun, but it gives you a lot of food for thought. But it should also be step one in doing the research yourself for what kind of diet you think would help you. Because I think that there's probably better literature out there than what this documentary is going to provide to you in terms of information. This movie is just basically like the appetizer for recognizing whether you think this might be good or beneficial for you and maybe something to explore. Because I think a lot of the situations, as you outline there, Tony, are not applicable to the average human being at all. Yeah, I think maybe the, the big takeaway from here is that it is possible to be a very high-performing person uh, without meat or without animal sure. products in your diet. Yeah, that's the important thing maybe to take away from this is that, yeah, you don't have to eat like 15 steaks a day to be an athlete. And that if you are experiencing some health effects that might be due to overconsumption of animal products, that maybe a reduction in the amount of animal products you're eating might be a good thing. And I, th I think that, that this film does that pretty well. Like it doesn't cram it down your throat that 
it's all or nothing. It's a zero-sum game. You're either a full vegan mm-hmm. or you're dying. Right. And, I mean, this movie also is often kind of funny. It keeps it light. So it's not just, you know, pointing the finger at you the whole time and giving you hard data about how you're going to die. It does tell you you're going to die, but it does it in a fun way that actually engages you as a viewer. Yeah, it's definitely more about diet than it is about existential crises. Sure. Uh, and on that that note, I mean, I think probably one of my favorite parts of this movie was actually Arnold, who dropped more F-bombs in this movie than I think he has in almost any other film that we've watched. Yeah, I mean, maybe he did in some of the 80s movies, but he doesn't do it very much. Yeah, where he says, uh, you know, back when I was seriously bodybuilding if someone had come up to me and said well, i want you to switch to a vegetarian diet or a vegan diet uh you know i would have said you know f you f off don't tell me how to eat but you know now we got to look at maybe doing like a meatless monday or doing vegetarianism one or two days a week uh, as a start if if nothing else right just for the lifestyle benefits i don't think everyone needs to be like whipping around the combat ropes for over an hour <laughs> And one of the things I think to be a little bit hesitant, because it would be remiss not to mention it, I think, on, on this podcast, is one of the sources of the controversy of this film, too, is just how much of this movie is genuine good advice and well-researched science, and is any of it tainted by some of the investors and producers in this movie? Because we mentioned that there's literally dozens of producers in this movie and a number of them do have ties to the plant-based food industry or the vegetarian industry uh i mean the obvious ones i mean there's the the there's a vegan chef mm-hmm. that we see on screen and then other certain people like chris paul who's an, an nba star he was the, an executive producer he's uh, a pretty serious investor apparently in beyond meat the plant-based food company right James Cameron and his wife, Susie Amos, who are uh, executive producers, probably the most prominent and recognizable producers for us here in Arnie Geddon. I, I mean, James Cameron's got, I think, $140 million dropped into a pea protein company right. and, and has a pretty vested interest in seeing plant-based nutrition take off. But at the same time, it raises a bit of a chicken and an egg question. Are, are these people investing in plant-based food industries because they are passionate about it and they are they believe in it right um and are they making this movie for promotional reasons or because they truly believe in, in the message and having watched the movie now i mean i'm kind of inclined towards the latter it, it didn't really come across as promotional material not really no i mean i think just genuinely it seems concerned about people's you know, diets nowadays, because there is a lot of issues with heart disease and, you know, cholesterol out there. And I think the documentary just wants people to maybe look at what they're eating and maybe really think about it. And there are other documentaries out there, you know, like Food Inc., for example, that are really trying to promote the idea of looking at your diet and considering that maybe what we're being told is the norm, you know, basically the meat industry, uh isn't necessarily the way to go that there are maybe other alternatives that are maybe healthier for you yeah and and maybe where the movie does lose a little bit of credibility on that is it does make this comparison that we talked about earlier to uh like cigarette marketing Mm -hmm. and the infamous denials of the cigarette industry 
that cigarettes or smoking caused cancer or that it caused ill health effects and then had a series of ads of like you know nine out of ten doctors recommend camels right that those types of ads and they're also saying that a lot of the research that's being done on the benefits of meat eating and the benefits of meat protein are sponsored by the meat industry or the dairy industry or the you know the egg producers association yeah that type of thing um but this is the cynic in me i would be surprised if some of the studies that are being done on the benefits of haas avocados uh weren't being sponsored by the haas avocado producers association of north america sure that sort of thing sure so you know this is one of the documentaries arnold schwarzenegger has produced we've now watched two of them because wonders of the sea is the other one i get the sense arnold is going to produce more documentaries in the future just going off of these two are you excited about more arnold produced documentaries i am well i mean i'm always excited about any arnold project aren't you sure i mean does he seem on the right track like are these two good representatives of quality for what you hope for in the future well put it this way i mean wonders of the sea 3d um i mean the footage was amazing it was some of the best uh, underwater footage I've ever seen. Yeah. Especially seen in 3D. That was so cool. Mm -hmm. And this one was a very engaging documentary for yeah. for all its flaws. Uh, it's very well made. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a well-made movie. So, uh, yeah, I, I am kind of excited to see what he comes up with in the future. I don't know where else his uh, interests and expertise will take him. Maybe to uh, taxidermy. Sure. <laughs> Alligator shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to see another documentary project by Arnold. I mean, I'm more interested in seeing him pick up a Gatling gun again, to be honest. But anything that he's doing or producing, especially this late career Arnold, I'm interested in. How about you? Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, whatever Arnold wants to do and is actively engaged with, I want to see. Because I don't want to see him just plugging himself into the same old stuff because he feels he has to because that's what the audience wants. I want Arnold pursuing the things that he's passionate about, and, uh, you know, hopefully that results in something that I could feel passionate about. So, yeah. I, so what are your final thoughts on this documentary? Should people watch it? Yeah, absolutely. If nothing else, it's a good starting point for doing your own research on reducing the amount of animal products in your diet uh, or increasing the amount of plants in your diet and determining if it's something that's right for you. And it's even if it's not, it's in a tight little package and it's an entertaining watch. Yeah, totally. It's definitely, you know, I think an interesting, as I said, food for thought project for you to look at and say, hey, maybe this is for me. Maybe this is something I should consider or maybe not. It's up to you. But, you know, watch the documentary. It's got some engaging stories in there. And, uh, you know, it'll definitely not feel like a waste of time when you're done. I think that's important, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, so I think that wraps us up for The Game Changers. Tony, what are we doing next time? You mean, what are we doing after? Yes, what are we doing after The Game Changers? Uh, well, we're going to be doing Aftermath. Uh, oh, uh, is that a movie about uh, post-math? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a little light on science. Right. Similar to The Game Changers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be taking a look at, uh, I think, probably an underwatched late career Arnold movie. Have you seen Aftermath, Cam? I have not. I have held off watching it until, you know, you and I could tackle it. <laughs> I have seen Aftermath. 
Uh, it's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be uh, playing a father in tragedy on a revenge mission after an air traffic controller downs the plane that his family is on. Oh, okay, okay, interesting. A few shades there of um, collateral damage. Yeah, now that you mention it, I guess you're right, but... Uh, that worked so well the first time. Can't wait to see it again. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, I'm actually interested in, in watching this again. It's been uh, a few years since I've seen it. Okay. Uh, it's pretty readily available. So for those of you out there who haven't seen it, and there's a good chance of that, it wasn't particularly well watched, I don't think, uh, do go out and, and have a look at it and then join us next time uh, while we go through it. Okay. So you can, of course, find us on Twitter at ArnieGenPod or email us at ArnieGenPod at gmail.com. Tony, how do they get hold of you? You can find me, Tony G, that's Tony like the name, G like the letter, at Domino'sPizza.com. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can find me, Tony G, at ArnieGeddon.com. But thank you, Domino's, for the web hosting. That's right. <laughs> Um, you can of course leave reviews for us wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate them every time. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cam V is in vegetables. Yum 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 Smith. <laughs> and feel free to download us direct from the source at www.arnigetton.com. Okay, so we'll be back with Aftermath. I'll be riding down the show too long. Mama, I'm coming. I'ma keep running and running. I'm a champion.